1: Welcome back to B2B Growth. We are in a three-part series with Jurgen Abo, the VP of Marketing at Screencloud. We're both enjoying our Coke Zeros. In yesterday's episode, if you haven't already listened to it, you're going to love it. Uh, we talked about the early stages of of category design. What's the pre-process? Before you actually dive into the process of designing a category, telling your story, getting clear on what that story is, talked about alignment with the CEO, how to go about getting that. We talked about some brands that have influenced Jurgen and myself that have been inspiring to me and have influenced Juergen as, as he's figuring out how to do category design. Today's episode, we're actually going to dive into Jürgen's process, what what his company at ScreenCloud is doing to actually build out this category. Now they're in the midst of it right now, which is why I think this episode is going to be so fun. It's not like you know it's tied up with a pretty little bow. He's in the middle of it, so there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of unknowns, uh, but I think we can learn a lot as marketers from the process he's going through. So Jürgen, we we did your kind of brief intro in the last episode. For those that didn't listen to that one, again, give us just a real brief kind of 15-second version of background so people understand context, and then let's just dive in.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, James. Awesome to be here with you guys. So um, 15 or so years in B2B marketing, I lose track um, here in uh, Los Angeles area, originally from Norway. I love 90s hip-hop, Texas barbecue, and
1: Coke Zero. Let's go. Yes. Yes, let's go. All right. So, the business that you're in, ScreenCloud, Jürgen, you're, you're five months into that business, but the business has been around for five years, and you guys are at this point where you're like, okay, what's you know, what's the second chapter? Talk to us about that. What's what's going on with where you're at? What this? What is the state of the company right now? Five years in. Yeah.
0: So, first five years for ScreenCloud was really about a very simple mission, which was. We all see these screens around us, you know, in offices and wherever we walk. And getting cool stuff on them uh, can be a little complicated, can be expensive, can require very specific hardware, and and kind of like clunky software solutions too. Is there a way to get awesome stuff on public screens really easily with everyday hardware? And that's what the founders set out to figure out. And sure enough, they figured that out and they did that. And here we are, 9,000 paying customers later, doing quite well, even though the circumstances are tough. And we are fortunate to be, be opening up the second chapter. And the second chapter is really more in the in the direction of, okay, so we we got this down, right? We got a software solution for managing screens at massive scale using very, very simple hardware, inexpensive hardware. We're talking fire sticks, Amazon fire sticks on the back of TVs, right? And mm. still being able to control that centrally. So what's the best use of that? You know, like that has really, I mean, we, we serve everybody from uh, universities to quick service restaurants to big corporations, places of worship. Like everybody can really take advantage of this. Where are we now really going to put this to use? We're always going to be available, you know, to whoever wants some of this digital signage software, if you will. But where are we going to put our focus? What is the mission we're on? Where do we think we can do the most good?
1: I love it. And so, so as you're asking yourself those questions in, in this stage of the journey, where, where are you at with it?
0: Yeah. So pretty early in that journey. but, But we have been talking about this for months. So in the kind of internal comms world that we operated in, we had this situation where we knew that everybody was uh, becoming more and more open to having remote employees. And we are a very, you know, spread out uh, uh, company, you know, about 90 employees in London, LA, New York, Bangkok, Vietnam, like we're, you know, Belfast, like we're, we're all over the place. So there was a bit of an elephant in the room around, well, you know, are everybody working in offices? And so you can communicate through these screens at offices, but what about the people who are remote? And then, of course, that came to a head with COVID-19, right? And everybody, all of a sudden, even companies that thought that they could never even trust their employees to be at home, right, had to turn around and say, whoop, everybody's going remote. And so that's just accelerated something we already knew we had to deal with. And so the question is really, you know, in this particular climate where all the channels we all use, whether it's Slack or Zoom or email or whenever we get a chance to meet in person all those channels are oversaturated we all know that but what is the state of kind of sharing information getting people engaged you know how do you take advantage of all the screens you have whether they're at some in someone's homes or at the office and And we're just really trying to figure out what the future of that looks like. And so that's partly internal comms, that's partly leadership, that's partly comms, that's partly, you know, IT, it's all really that stuff. And we have an interesting company we're working with that refers to this concept as as information radiator, you know, like you have all this information inside your company and you need to get it out in different ways so is there like a hub for that and and that's that's what we're circling in on is well we have software that is essentially con- content management we can show that in a number of places but how do we how should that be approached now with people working in different places and all that and and is that an internal comms solution like what is it and so that's Put very simply, that's
1: where we're at, and so we're we're taking some big steps uh, towards that. And and so, what's the process looked like up to this point, Jurgen? Is it is it you meeting with the rest of the senior leaders in the organization a couple times a month? Are the conversations happening just organically I, with COVID, and you're all you're all in you're working from home? How is that conversation progressing and moving forward? And what are the topics of those conversations so that you're making sure that you're all rowing in the same direction and ultimately going to get to the place where you all guys where where all of you want to land. Yeah. It's not clean, right? It's not
0: simple. It's not uh, easy at all. It's a number of conversations. It's feeling at times like you're completely stalled, feeling at other times you had made, uh, made a major breakthrough and then realizing you didn't. Uh, multiple conversations with multiple people. It really takes time and it really takes effort. Anybody who's been through it will, will tell you that. Um, so for us, it's been a small group inside of our marketing organization. Uh, as well as one of the founders our c o o who is um, really leaning into the the sales and marketing side of the business and we've been been going for a few months now discussing this and what we've what we've done is everything from different frameworks right is it all the way into full on category design a la you know play bigger, or is it more like just strategic narrative around a new game versus an old game, or is it just like as simple as like a product market fit exercise. Like there's this whole spectrum of figuring out the story in terms of frameworks you can use. And so we've gone back and forth and we've had some setbacks along the way, but we're, we're figuring it out. And so we had this conversation with, uh, that also included our CEO uh, a few weeks ago. And we were talking about, well, you know, we're going to need to interview people from our ideal customer profile, Right. And so we have some of those as customers, but we talk to them a lot. We need to go outside of that. Okay, so we got to figure out how to talk to the right people. We got to get unbiased information. Okay. We also probably need to do some more research around this. Ah, yeah. Maybe we got to, you know, really do some serious writing around it. Should we just write the book on it while we're trying to figure it out? And it was like a little moment of like, well, that makes... No, that'd be crazy. (laughs) should should we do that though and uh long story short you know two of the three founders um David and Mark uh have now started writing a book on a category yet to be defined and the reason why i love that so much is that you can't really write a credible book without doing the upfront work of yes. researching and analyzing Real information from various sources. And so it takes the BS out of it. It takes the wanting to shortcut it by just let's just call it this, put a label on it, call it that, and go out to market with it. I'm sure there are plenty of other ways, and, and not everybody needs to write a book on this. But what we're seeing is a real opportunity to get clear on how do you actually share information internally in a way that people actually get it and they aren't overwhelmed and they get engaged, you know? And so it's like, you can't just post it on Slack. Like, I'm sorry, you can't just put it on the internet, you know, like, no, it's not enough to do, you know, 10 Zoom calls a day back to back. Like it, there has to be some other way to get this information across, to get people engaged in the right way. There has to be a way to curate that experience that's what we're trying to, you know,
1: really get to the bottom of. Yeah, and and I think you're onto something there, Jürgen. I mean, you you see that. I mean, Gainsight wrote the book on customer success. Terminus wrote the book on ABM. Drift wrote the book on conversational marketing. It, it is it is a common play to as a tactic of of building a category. You know, it's 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 not like it's never been done before. What I think is really unique is you guys are setting out to do it to figure it out for yourself what are the nuances of of this category what is the problem we're trying to solve what is the story that we're trying to tell and it's a forcing function writing the book is a forcing function to get you guys to ask yourself the questions you need to ask to get to the answer that is actually really meaningful. And, and I love the way you say, you know, you don't want to just slap a label on it and go. That's almost a guaranteed way to make sure that your category never gets traction. Because if you haven't invested deeply in it, why on earth would anybody else want to want to invest in it? And so I love how you guys are thinking about this. Where like, where are you at now with the book? Do you have the, you know, the three co-founders in yourself? Are you all working on different sections of the book? Or how, how is that shaping up?
0: Yeah, well first of all that's great great set of observations there. It really is for us we're, we are coming a little bit earlier than you know the drifts the uh, the, the hub spots and and the others right who kind of knew about their category and then wrote the book on it. Yep. Uh, for us it's very deliberate that we are trying to figure it out as we are uh, as we are writing it. Uh and we have some ideas. I just you know I don't I don't want to steal thunder from uh from our founders here. So in terms of writing the book where we're at in the process is it's really interesting. So our two founders approach book writing a little bit differently. You know, uh, one prefers to just be like just dive into the writing, and the other prefers to do research and really thinking about it. So David, our COO, he he's already writing a bunch. Um, Mark, our CEO. He's just listened to so many podcasts around this stuff, been reading and just immersing himself. But what they have done too is they've split up the book. So clear outline, know the sex, main sections, two main sections, number of chapters within each, assigned it to, to uh, each one. Of them. Only those two are writing it. We're not doing any ghostwriting for them. Uh, we'll help with editing and we help with you know a regular kind of check-in where we talk about it. But I think what's valuable about this, first and foremost, for our kind of story purpose, is we are talking to a number of uh, people at the type of companies we ultimately imagine selling to, to get their honest take on stuff. So we're we're doing we're setting up something right now, which is a little video intro from the two founders saying, "Hey, we're working on this book." here's the working title. Here's what we're trying to figure out, set up a little landing page, a little more information, no massive, you know, traffic driven to that landing page. But, People we reach out to, whether they're in the network or we reach out to them cold, we can drive them there and say, Hey, look, Like we are legitimately trying to get to the bottom of this. If you want to contribute to our thinking and to the writing of this book, we'd love to, love to have you. So throughout this process, we're going to have interviews with key people at all kinds of different companies that have a perspective around this. And so David, he's going to take a lot of those interviews up front as he's writing. And Mark is going to take more of them towards the end after he's done some of his writing to validate, etc. So it's a bit of a unique process. I think probably any founder writing a book, it's like maybe not the same as the next founder who wrote a book uh, is doing it. But the thing that, that we need right away for our positioning, our narrative, our story, whatever, is we need those conversations with those potential buyers, those key people in the space. And this just feels like a really good way to have really open, honest conversations that aren't salesy to help us inform what's really going on here. What can
1: this category be and how should we talk about it? It's checking so many boxes. You guys doing this book is allowing you to get a clear picture of your ideal customer profile. It's allowing you to do deep, it's forcing you to do deep research, as opposed to, you know, like what you said earlier, just sticking a label on it. You're doing the work so that you truly understand, you know, what the new game really is. And then you're building a community around it. The, the folks that you're talking to, it's, it's funny. Uh, I talk about content-based networking it's the book that I wrote, this idea of content collaboration as a means of driving your content strategy. And so you and I talking right here, you're getting, you're, you're a VP of marketing in the trenches doing the work of a B2B marketer. I had no clue any, I didn't know any, the first thing about B2B marketing whenever I first started B2B growth four years ago. But by talking to folks like you now over 1600 times, because we, it's a daily show, we're releasing multiple episodes a day, I'm, I'm learning from you as you're driving our content strategy. So people love listening to our show because I talk to people like you that are actually doing the work and understand this deeply, and you're helping me shape my own perspectives and. You know, it's affecting how we're going to market with our marketing strategy. And so I think you're you're just checking so many boxes through the process of doing this book. Another thing that you mentioned was this book is going to be one of five types of what we call pillar content. Mark Collins at Drift calls it cornerstone content. So, you know, Mark Collins says, that, you know, it's books, courses, events, research, and shows we we think of it in a very similar way this book not only are you going to get the asset of the book but so much micro content can come from that book can you talk a little bit about that
0: yeah that that was a timely post from mark and yeah whatever you call it right it's it's really impactful content in a number of ways so the first thing that i'm super excited to share about you know what we're doing for content around the book is is in the uh is in on the video side so we are really fortunate to have a full-time top-notch video producer as part of the marketing team at Screencloud and um his name is Tony and Tony had a great idea for essentially a docu series writing the book right like the making of the behind the scenes the the reality show if you will you know leading up to it and so in in a world where we can't necessarily meet up in person all the time that will be you know zoom recordings and some straight to the iphone kind of like stuff right like you know our ceo talking about the challenges he's he's working through as he's writing this and and even touching on real stuff like imposter syndrome and stuff like that like I got to build up the audacity to write a book like that wasn't really in my job description, you know. Um, so the idea of a a really cool and and engaging uh, docu series is the first thing, um, and then of course naturally too from that is all the people that get you know interviewed for the book or that we reference in the book are then people that we can have conversations with both during, but also after, you know, kind of interview series, going deeper on certain parts of it. And so video alone uh, is just going to be a big, big deal for us. And I also think there's tons we can learn from the folks who have done this uh, already, right? With, I mean, Drift did a phenomenal job with the book launch around conversational marketing. I also really am a big fan of Lessonly and what uh, Max over there did with Do Better Work, yep. that book and the website they have for that. So there's, there's good stuff to learn. And I think, I think video for us is going to be a big one.
1: Especially capitalizing on the fact that you've got a full-time video producer on your team. That's an asset that so many brands just don't have the luxury of having. And so capitalize on it. I think that's a brilliant use of creating additional content on top of the the book itself. I, I think if, if you're writing a book and you're not thinking of how you can repurpose that book and you know, 50, a hundred different ways, you're not really getting all the juice you can from that squeeze because it's so much effort. There's so much work. There's so many conversations behind the scenes happening. Why not get as much out of it as you can? And it could legitimately fuel a marketing strategy for an entire year. I mean, having gone through the process of writing a book, I didn't do everything I should have done. I have I scratched the surface on what I could have done. But man, like even, even the little that I did do, I'm like, man, this this is incredible. So Jürgen, this has been amazing. We're going to do one more episode to finish off our three-part series. In the next episode, we're going to be talking about the magic triangle in B2B SaaS marketing, which is story, content, and demand, and how those all interplay with one another. Uh, so make sure to stay tuned to tomorrow's episode to check that out. But Jürgen, for those that didn't listen to the last episode, which they absolutely should have, how can how can they stay connected with you?
0: Man, I love LinkedIn. So
1: find me there, Jurgen above. Wonderful. All right, we'll link it up in the show description. Uh, make sure to connect with Jurgen. Jurgen, again, thank you so much, man. This has been incredible. And uh, to the listener, we love you a ton. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Are you on LinkedIn? That's a stupid question. Of course you're on LinkedIn. Here at Sweetfish, we've gone all in on the platform. Multiple people from our team are creating content there. Sometimes it's a funny GIF or meme. Other times it's a micro video or a slide deck. And sometimes it's just a regular old status update that shares their unique point of view on B2B marketing, leadership, or their job function. We're posting this content through their personal profile, not our company page. And it would warm my heart and soul if you connected with each of our evangelists. We'll be adding more down the road, but for now, you should connect with Bill Reed, our COO, Kelsey Montgomery, our creative director, Dan Sanchez, our director of audience growth, Logan Lyles, our Director of Partnerships, and me, James Carberry. We're having a whole lot of fun on LinkedIn pretty much every single day, and we'd love for you to be a part of it.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.